Our second scripture reading today for the morning comes to us from the New Testament book called Hebrews. It's from chapter 10, verses 19 to 25. Listen for God's word to you today. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us approach with a true heart, full of assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an, from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning once again to you all here and to those worshiping online on Facebook Live and YouTube. It's good to see you or have you with us today. As Pastor Erica shared um, yesterday, we were at a day-long retreat with the uh, leadership groups of our church, the elders and deacons and staff, and we had two special speakers who came to lead us through this retreat. These are um, ministry leaders that I really respect and, um, and kind of really was excited to have so that we could hear from them, but also I really wanted them to get to know our church, you know, to get to know our people, to see how great we are. No, that's not how you say it. It's okay to, for a pastor to be proud of their church, right? Yeah. I think so. All right. So at the end of the day, uh, just as we were about to go out from this retreat time into some fellowship, um, I asked the whole room that was there, over 50 of our leaders, if they would join me in that memory verse that we were looking at together this month, to say it out loud and all together. And they did, and they got it right. I was so proud. Um, and my, my visiting friends were so impressed. And so we've already seen it today from Pastor Erica in the, in the Time for Young Disciples, but I'll invite you, if you know it, we're talking about Acts 2.42 this whole month long. There's grace, but try and join, me, join together with me. We're going to say it together and aloud. Here it is. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Good job. I'm impressed. Okay. Today we are focusing on the way that in order to grow up in our faith and in our life with God, one of the ways to do it is through active, hearty, regular, loving fellowship with other believers, getting together, being together with others who share uh, this life, this seeking of a life with God. In the passage from Hebrews that we read just now, uh, it says it this way, this is what I said. Consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds. How? By not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but instead encouraging each other. If we want to love and do good deeds, we're encouraged in that when we fellowship together, when we spend time together. Don't neglect to meet together. Instead, join in, seek out, enjoy friendship, relationship, and fellowship. It is good for your soul. But it turns out, according to medical science, it is also good for your body. It's also good for your physical self. There was a recent report that came out from the Surgeon General of the United States where he said that loneliness, 
That sense of being cut off socially or without strong relationships is as deadly as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Or, he said, it's more lethal than consuming six alcoholic beverages per day, which seems like a lot. Then in a recent NPR article, it said this, people who are socially disconnected, disconnected, have a 29% higher risk of heart disease, a 32% greater risk of stroke, and a 50% increase in the risk for dementia among older adults. So there's a lot of reasons why we can say it isn't good to be socially or relationally isolated. And the antidote that we can give, the response we can give, is to not neglect meeting together, but to join in the fellowship, especially here with your church family. Last Sunday, I introduced the, our year-long theme, A Year for Growing in Grace, which we're just starting out together. And one of the things that I said last week is that the message of this uh, Year for Growing in Grace is not get your butt back to church, although that's a good message. That's a fair message. Um, it's easy, I think, to boil down the message of fellowship to just be that way, you know? You don't want to smoke 15 packs of cigarettes a day, do you? Get yourself to church. Get on it. But that's not really what I'm saying, or that's not what I'm trying to say. Fellowship is probably more than just showing up because you better do it, showing up because you have to. You may remember the old line from um, an evangelist of a previous, previous generation named Billy Sunday. He once said this, going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than going to a garage makes you an automobile, right? <laughs> just sitting in the garage doesn't make anybody a car. Um, so Hebrews says, don't neglect meeting together, and we might just think, well, maybe that's just showing up and being here, like an automobile, but true Christian fellowship is different from that, and we're t- that's what we're talking about today, is just what's the meaning of Christian fellowship? What does it look like? I'm not interested, myself, in any of us checking a box or ticking off something on our little Christian to-do list. That's not the point. The Bible says that people look at the outer appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And that's what we're talking about today. Real Christian fellowship is not performative. Show up and yakety-yak with everybody. To, like, you have to be an extrovert about it. Some babies will show off in the front of a church, you know. <laughs> I was here, Pastor. The, that baby always trying to get... Okay. The Lord looks at the heart, and fellowship with other believers um, really has to do with our own intention, our own heart, our own desire to be in relationship with each other uh, among God's people. We had a meeting a few weeks ago with the Grove Group leaders. Grove Groups are like small groups within our church, and we had this, this leadership group, and so they met in my house, and we were talking about this passage. And one of the leaders, um, Dave Moriarty, he said this. He said, to get to real fellowship we have to be willing to push past small talk. We can't just talk about the 49ers. And I was so bummed. (laughs) Because I love talking about the 49ers. I mean, that's really fun. But he's right. He's right. As we grow up together in our faith, letting fellowship be a, a way that God works among us, we have to be open to letting our relationships ripen and deepen as we go along. So how can you put yourself in a situation like that? How can we practice that or do that together? 
if you have an open heart and you're hearing this today, you might say, yes, God, I want to experience real fellowship with other believers. I don't want to neglect meeting together as some have done. I don't want to sit in a, car, in a garage and call myself a car. How does it happen? In, in this um, one article in the New York Times this last week, Nicholas Kristof, one of the columnists, he said this. He says, one of the strategies to get people it is simply to get people back into old-fashioned patterns like eating meals together, holding parties, and volunteering to help each other out, which sounds a lot like what we're doing this year in our year for growing in grace, eating together, helping each other out, meeting together. These series this year of retreat settings, retreats month by month, fellowship meals, worship and small group opportunities, but the key part that I really want you to know as, I talk, as we talk about all these things is that this is not an assignment. It's not a mandate. It's not your homework. It's not a burden or a responsibility that I'm putting on you. The Lord looks at the heart. So as you consider how you want to, in, to respond to God's invitation towards fellowship, I want you to think about things that speak to your heart. What draws you in? What are you interested in or excited about? And follow that pathway. God is lining it out for you. What makes your heart sing? Here's a few ideas to consider today, just some practical ideas within the life of our church. One is um, that this, in coffee hour today, they're taking sign-ups for the tables of eight. Have you heard about tables of eight? It's just you and eight other people, or maybe seven, um, who meet together for uh, meals four times. It's a series of just four kind of dinners or lunches or something, a chance to get to know other people. It's a fellowship group. There's not a study. It's not a service project. It's just getting together. So you could sign up today and be part of that and say, oh, I'll, be, I'll, I'll try it out. That's one way to respond. Another is this. On Sunday nights, um, you may know that our middle school and high school youth groups, they meet, and in between the middle school and high school, there's this um, kind of hour where the youth staff, who are largely young adults of our church who work with high schoolers and middle schoolers, they get together in that hour and they eat dinner and they have fellowship. And Steve Fainer, our youth director, is always inviting folks who want to provide a meal for that one hour of fellowship to let those young adult youth um, leaders eat together. Would you provide fellowship? Maybe you would even stay around. Say, I'll stay for the hour. I'll sit with you guys and get to know people that way. That's another way you can talk to Steve Fainer about that. This Thursday, we saw in the bulletin today that our, our worship band is hosting this supper and sing-along, and maybe you're like me and you don't sing so well. Occasionally, my microphone gets left on and everyone suffers. So, but, you know, it's a, it's a way that we can learn the music a little more, get to know the people in the band, encourage them, um, maybe just show up and see how it goes. The choir is like that, too. They have retreats and potlucks and prayer times that encircles their life together it makes them more than just a singing group. It makes them a fellowship. The band, the choir, the bells, they make music, but they also make friendships that last. Another way to grow in fellowship is through service. You know, when you're chopping onions together or packing food bags for the hungry, it's a great chance for you to take off your shoes because you're, you're standing on holy ground in that moment. Our mission committee includes notices in our bulletin regularly for chances to serve, maybe at Martha's Kitchen or with Front Door Ministries, packing food after church. Fellowship can happen around almost any activity if our heart is in it. 
I got a question last week about whether fellowship could even happen online. And this is like one of the great debates of our time, right? Hi, Facebook people. Hi, YouTube people. We see you seeing us. We know that a lot of people do tune into our services that way on Sunday mornings. So if Hebrews says, do not neglect to meet together, what about meeting online? And I think the same principle applies. How are you showing up for this? Are you doing it to say you did it? Are you doing it to be seen by others? Or whether in person or online, are you coming with an open heart? Are you here virtually, ready to engage with God and the things of God? So for online um, worshipers, maybe it means interacting on the chat function, being active that way. Maybe it means if you're sitting with family at home, uh, watching, you talk about what's going on in the service. You try to engage with each other. Maybe it means um, following up afterwards or sharing the link to the sermon or checking in with people you saw who were here in person or weren't here in person. There are ways to make the online experience real if we have that open heart for it. But sometimes seeking um, real Christian fellowship does just begin with showing up. It really just can mean, oh, I'll show up, I'll check it out, and then let it build from there. I ran into a lady this last week who I hadn't seen in quite a while. She has occasionally visited our church through the years, but not much. And she told me she recently found a, a new church home. She converted, she said, to Roman Catholicism. And it's a big change for her. She told me she loved her new church, but that the main issue was that her husband wasn't interested. And so they went to their, you know, she went to her new Catholic parish, and they didn't have, or they have a choir, so she joined. And the choir needed more voices. And she invited her husband, who happens to be a singer, to come. And he said, well, I'm not into this whole Catholic thing, but I do love to sing, so I'll come. He wasn't looking, going out looking for Christian fellowship to be part of, the way that we're describing it today, but he just took this one step towards something that, in, that interested him, and then God is at work using that, just to draw him in a little bit more. So I want to give you this note of grace today as we talk about this. The invitation to Christian fellowship is not just about showing up in a performative or perfunctory way. The message isn't, you better do one more thing or add this onto your life. It's not a bad dog theology, bad dog. Instead, it's about coming with open hearts to encounter the siblings in Christ who are here. And there's a lot of ways for real fellowship to happen around service, in small groups, at meals, in worship, in the various ministries of our life together. Almost anything has the opportunity to let fellowship form around it if you come with that intention. But even if you're not sure, you're not so sure you want Christian fellowship. That's not what you're looking for. Kind of like that guy whose wife dragged him to the choir. God can work even in those circumstances. God can even use that. Do not neglect meeting together um, can even mean just showing up week by week and seeing what happens, being ready to see what God will do. Each of us comes into the life of our church with our own burdens, our own hurts, our own sorrows, our own stuff, our own stories. And so not everyone is just the same. You don't have to come and be happy clappy. You can be who you are. God meets you right there. So we do believe that God does something when we meet together and when we eat together, when we sit down together at the table or in the pews or in the kitchen and have conversations. 
So God bless you today as you seek to respond to God's word for your life. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. May God bless you as you seek to respond this week. Amen. Amen. Amen.